Indians. The Sith Talkers? Do you, uh, 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 yeah. Hold on. I need to get another drink. Uh, um, they're in the back over there. I'd say you're not supposed to do that. Well, um, this is kind of the weird job where you you get a drink on the job because, you know, I'm a bartender. Um, just so you know, um, I gotta point you in the back and then I gotta go make this guy another drink because the last guy was Transocean and he died. Um, at this point, we don't even know why people are dying in this bar, but uh, they are, so. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, rebel scum and loyal to the Empire, this is Sith Talk, the show where we love to talk about the good things about Star Wars and Sith Talk the Bad. I am your host for today. There is no Sammy B. There's just me, the Lord of Lore, and today we have a special guest, Brandon from the Clashing Sabers podcast network, which we are now under, but he does the main show. He does a lot of the, the don't burn the sacred text. He is the main man. What's up, Brandon? How you doing? I am doing okay. I am recovering from my LASIK eye surgery, so I'm sitting here uh, in sunglasses inside because I'm really cool like that. Um, and I think I'm I think I'm gonna start making it a thing. I think I think I can pull it off. <sighs> yeah, I mean I'm I'm kind of actually in this weird place where. I just had like a crazy couple of weeks that just they never felt like they would let up like mentally physically you just feel like kind of drained and today is actually one of the first days in a long time that I felt like you know I mean like I've had good days in the last couple weeks but it also felt like oh yeah I'm having a good day because I'm you know I'm not at work or I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that and I'm trying to make myself better. And today was like one of the first days in a while that I've really just felt like good and regulated the entire time. So it's it's um, it's been a damn good day, and I'm ready to uh, to talk some Star Wars. So what is on the docket for us today? What are we going to be talking about? Well, I think it's important. Um, we talked about failure the last time I had you on and I really enjoyed that conversation I, I honestly I think anytime you really get into philosophy with people you always feel like you can like when you really hit a certain topic that never seems like it it, it, it could ever end you're like man you don't want to wrap this up but like what do you do and we had such a good conversation about failure and it really kind of it moved me in a way that I kind of wanted to talk about the opposite of failure. So like when, when we look at our mistakes and what failure can teach us and what failure can teach, uh, other star Wars characters, I'd also like to talk about what makes other characters succeed in star Wars. So like when you look at, you know, you can pick any character. And so since I know you recently just got a pretty wicked uh, Ahsoka tattoo, let's go with Ahsoka. So her story is not completely finished right now. Um, there's, you know, hopefully a lot of story left for her. Um, but why, why do you think she succeeds as a 
character, a person, um, a Jedi Force user. What is it about Ahsoka that gets the job done? What is it about Ahsoka that has made her um, stay alive throughout the Imperial years? I, I just think I think it's very important when you talk about failure and the lessons that you learn from failure. It's very important to figure out why other characters succeed and so uh let's open up with like let's just go with ahsoka why is ahsoka what about her makes her a successful character in her actions her action and actually uh just her her general um spacing the word um theory on life well see here's the thing i think before we can really get into that we have to define you know what success means for us right because Success is, you know, we have these societal norms of success is the cars and the houses and the money and the, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But really, success is about happiness. It's about being at peace. It's about finding your purpose. And for me, it's about being able to improve the lives of the people around you without sacrificing your morality. It's being able to face trials and even if it doesn't end the way you expected it to, even if you don't necessarily reach the goal that you had, the world, the galaxy is a better place because of the things that you did, right? And, and I guess in the Star Wars universe, I'm looking at success as getting the job done when it needs to get done. Right. But if you think even, you know, if, if we go to the, you know, the sacred of most sacred texts, the second Death Star, and we look at Luke, like he didn't, fully achieve his goal like his goal was to you know redeem his father but also to bring him back alive you know he wanted to give his dad a second chance and he only got half of that you know he did redeem him and and in a way he gave him a second chance with the you know force ghosting and all of that kind of stuff but you know depending on how you define success you know you could look at that either you know as a full success or a partial success same thing if you look on the flip side with like palpatine you know like he was alive Technically, he was successful, you know, in Rise of Skywalker, but he was in a body that couldn't sustain him. He was in, uh, you know, not able to, you know, be what he was trying to be. You know, his whole idea of jumping bodies didn't fully work for him. So I think that, you know, having those parameters of your own is important and is going to decide on how you uh, look at characters as a success or not, right? And for me, success always comes down to, you know, making the world a better place, all of that stuff. But just at the very, very root of it, the very core of it is being able to make the hard choice and come out on the other side still a good person. And for me, that's the, the key. And the reason Ahsoka became my favorite character is the transition that we get from uh, you know season five of Clone Wars into uh, where we see her in Rebels. So I, I've talked about it before, but the, the short story here is, you know, I was changing uh, careers. I was kind of going against expectations of not only my what I expected my life to look like, but what I felt like my family expected my life to look like in coming into teaching as I was, you know, watching Clone Wars and saw Ahsoka walk away. And then seeing her return in uh, Rebels was validation for me that she had made the right choice. So to me, that's the success there. It, it's not even that she helped the winning side. It's not that she helped the Rebels. It's that she had a set of beliefs and 
nothing was going to stop her from holding to those beliefs. To me, that's, you know, that's one of the biggest things. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to, you know, the culture that you, you grow up in, right? So I grew up watching the San Antonio Spurs with Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manny Ginobili. And, and everybody always says they're boring. They're boring. You know, they don't do anything except for win multiple championships, you know, three championships in five years, um, all of this stuff by playing with the very fundamentals of basketball. And no matter who they faced, whether it was Kobe or LeBron or anybody else, they never sacrificed the core of who they were as a team, right? Uh, they played their system and they played it really, really well. And that's what made them successful. It didn't matter who was on the other side of the court. And so I think it's kind of the same thing with Ahsoka. No matter what she faced, she never sacrificed who she was at her core. Um, even, you know, looking at season seven of Clone Wars, where she refuses to kill the clones because she's taken, more or less taken the lives of clones before when she, you know, took her uh, team out and acted all brash and got a lot of them killed. Like to her, she views that as more or less her killing them. And so she's learned from that and she has held on to her morality. And even though staying alive, as far as, you know, you can, t as far as one could tell, her staying alive would consist of her killing the clones there on uh, the Star Destroyer in uh, Siege of Mandalore. But she's not willing to sacrifice that morality in order to do so. So even if, like, she had gone out there and got gunned down and that was the end of her story, for me, that would still make her successful. Yeah, and, you know, to kind of go off of that, I think I think one of the best things about uh, Ahsoka is her independence. She's been trained by the Jedi, so she has this training that, you ca that cannot be replaced. Um, she has this moral compass by a lot of great people, but she also found out that there was cracks in the concrete and she had the guts to move on and to, you know, stand alone and stand on her own two feet. And I think that going forward, especially like with the Mandalorian or well, not the Mandalorian, the Ahsoka show that we're going to be getting, I think we're going to see that independence pay off. And I think it already has in Rebels and what we have seen with Mandalorian. And I think that you know, Ahsoka almost did what Qui-Gon never... And I'm not saying he didn't have the guts to do it. Because I think Qui-Gon very much was a Jedi at his heart. Like, there might have been defiance on his part. There might have been a lot of independence there. But I think he was a Jedi at his heart. And part of me still believes that Ahsoka is still a Jedi at heart. She just didn't go by the code that was given at that time. I don't think... Well, to me personally, the Martez sister says it right there. You know, like you're what a Jedi should be, regardless of whether you're in the Order or not. Exactly, and and I think that that freedom, um, those chains of being bound by a code and just being a good person without a label, without a code, and knowing what's right and wrong, and being being able to act on anything that you see fit not being stuck by a political ideal or by a um, 
you know, a group of people that you have grown up with. I think that independence really freed her, and I think we're going to be seeing more of that. But make no mistake that she has that independence, which makes her such a compelling character. And also, I think she is more open to the Force because she she knows, like, right and wrong, but the rules... She doesn't have rules, uh, and rule and saying that can be very misconstrued in the sense like, oh, she just does whatever she wants. I mean, in the sense like morally, she is very good. She knows good and bad, but she does not have these codes and rules. So the force is open freely to her, and I think that is part of what gives her such great power as a quote unquote. Jedi? Well, she's not bound by a structure, right? And that's part yeah, of that. that's that's you know Obi Wan's greatest flaw is that he's he's bound by the structure of the Order, you know. And even Qui Gon, he he still believes in the Jedi Order as a structure, where Ahsoka sees that structure fail. But the advantage that she had is, you know, we we crap on the Jedi because of you know the fall and the prequels and everything like that but i mean at the end of the day the jedi are a good thing obi-wan was a good person qui-gon was a good person anakin was a good person up until the whole like you know killing kids thing um but i look at it and and obviously with ahsoka being my favorite character i look at it a lot through the lens of my own experience and um where i'm at now in my career um is kind of where I feel like Ahsoka is at near the end of Rebels, where I've had these amazing mentors who have taught me the right way to teach, who have shown me the right way to do things. And from the outside, a lot of people look at me and they, they go like, oh my God, you're an amazing teacher. You know, this is, you're so good. Like show other people how to do this, blah, 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 right? I may be a great teacher, I may not. That's for history to decide, whatever, I don't care. But I always come back to anytime anybody's like, you know, you're just you're doing such an excellent job, whatever. It always comes back to me for to, I just I got really lucky that I had some fantastic people that believed in me and saw potential in me and showed me how to do what needed to be done in the right way, right? Because at the end of the day, like teachers are going to be judged off of scores. It, it sucks. It's stupid, but it is what it is, right? There are some teachers who are so bound by that idea of scores that they will sacrifice anything more or less to get those. That's the only focus. The real learning of the kids, the thinking of the kids is not the objective getting them to pass the test is. Then there's the teachers that care so little about it that they go too far to the other side. What I had the advantage of is I had people around me who showed based on years and years of experience their own and learning from other people how to get the kids to think to learn to be creative to be intuitive to be critical thinkers while also as a consequence they happen to pass the test and to me that's ahsoka ahsoka does the things that the jedi need to do and as a consequence the world the galaxy becomes a better place as a consequence the rebellion is formed like her objective is not to win as qui-gon puts it you know some cosmic battle she does the right thing because it's the right thing to do 
right? It's like I, I always tell my students, like, I don't care about you in eighth grade or fifth grade or whatever grade I'm teaching. I care about you at 27. I care about you at 42. That's what I'm visioning. And you can't see that yet because you haven't been there yet. You haven't been to college yet or you haven't worked for real yet. Like, you can't see what I am putting, what I'm working towards for you. But I can see it because I've been there before. And that's Ahsoka in Rebels. She's bringing Kanan and Ezra to this place and saying, I know you don't know where we're going with this, but I know, and this is the right thing for us to do. And she doesn't say it out loud, obviously, but she, in, in letting them make mistakes, in guiding them in that way, in being there to support them when they fall, in being there to stand in front of them when it's time to face Vader and knowing that, that they're not ready for that challenge at that time. Like all of that to me is success because she is doing the right thing, making people better and as a consequence happens to be victorious in the things that they are trying to be victorious in as a whole. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? It has nothing to do with succession, but you know, you talk about morality and and freedom and doing good deeds. Um, I, I I've been kind of you know I, I mentioned my weird funk. Um, I've had a lot of personal stuff going on lately, just with relationships in my life, and you know, with people that. I trusted for a long time and now it's it's more one-sided you know a lot of it feels like the story gets twisted the um, the story gets you know they want something from me or out of nowhere they want nothing to do with me um, it's been multiple people over a long stretch of time and while Star Wars is a very heightened thing of morality so like I'm I'm just I'm using an example of I've never felt like I, I'm kind I'll, I'll, I'll make this full circle but I've never felt more more re, not related to Anakin but I've I've never felt that more connected or more connected to his hardened heart and where it turns and the the road to hell is paved with good intentions as I as I have in the last like couple months dealing with the relationships that I've dealt with I've never I I always looked at this as a you know I I looked at the deeper ends we've me and Sam have talked a lot about it about deep stuff but I've never related more with like okay I can see how a heart can harden this way because of all this betrayal that I felt in my own life and the way it has affected me and what's deep down in my head you know like I know what the right thing is to do here but I don't have the strength to do it sometimes because I've been so fucking jaded by people that I'm no longer taking the high road I'm now succumbing to things that should be beneath me because of these multiple circumstances that keep stacking up and this is not about succession but it's but, just but see, we talked about morality and that's that's where I'm at like I, I have never felt more um, why Anakin chose what he chose I don't know 
I see. I would. I would argue, and like I don't know the specifics of what you're talking about, but just based on what you're saying, I would argue that you're you're not Anakin because Anakin sacrifices his morality in order to achieve a very specific objective, right? And no, just but knowing, I'm saying I get it. No, no, no. I'm, I I get what you're saying, but I would argue that you are more Luke in the Last Jedi. Where you know what the right thing is to do, and you have may have a momentary flash or two where you are not heroic, where you are not making the right decision, or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, your moral code and your faith in people and the lessons that you've learned over life and the beliefs that you have hold so firm that you're going to come out on top regardless, right? And, and on top meaning you're going to... You know, when whenever your time comes, whenever you know you you leave the Star Wars fandom or you leave the galaxy, you know whatever, you're gonna leave the place better than you found it, regardless of the fact that you know maybe you made a wrong decision or two, maybe you did had a momentary flash where you turned on your lightsaber and you know your natural instinct was to fight, but at the end of the day, you are you know you you're gonna be there to better the the space around you, and that's. That's success to me. That's why, you know, Last Jedi Luke, I think, is, is so critically important. Because with Ahsoka, as much as I love Ahsoka, um, and as much as, you know, she has minor failures um, and things like that, like we talked about with the clones. Like, when you look at Luke almost killing his father and then repeating that mistake again uh, with Ben, like, it's crazy to think, like, how dark he went in those moments and he was able to pull himself back and not sacrifice his moral code in action like in in his actions he never sacrificed his moral code even though he had these flashes where he thought about making the wrong decision right and so you can have these situations where you go well this person you know did this for to me and and so now i'm going to do the same thing back to them so they get a taste of their own medicine whereas the hero and somebody who is successful goes hey you did this to me and i'm going to show you how you should have behaved i'm going to show you what you should have done not to spite you not to prove anything to you but because it's the right thing to do and whether you get my message or not somebody's going to get my message and that's luke in the last jedi and that's why i think he's so he really is a success in that movie is because he comes from such a great failure and see that's and and see that's um yeah i th- i think that's i'm hoping that that's where my my journey takes me and you know after having you know, long conversation with family, friends, my wife, you know, just kind of like, you know, I've been feeling pretty jaded lately by people. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, I have this, you know, I, I'm not as charismatic as I'm normally am. And I'm not as like connected with people. Like I pick up on readings of people. Um, but like, I, I can't relate to people. I'm like generally guarded by people lately. Like what the hell is going on? And I, I think that that is a good analogy. And I, I'm, you know, I, I had a long talk with all them and, and I kind of got it all out. Um, in the last couple of days, I've been kind of reflecting on, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things that maybe I've done in these relationships that have affected me that maybe have been the wrong thing. Um, but overall, these are relationships where it is clear that they only want a certain thing from me. 
Um, and that's it. You know, I, I have a family history of drug abuse, drug addiction, uh, stuff like that. So they're, you know, I'm dealing with those kind of people. And then I have, you know, a couple other friends in my life that have, you know, basically walked away and that's where that feeling was coming from. And, and it's so funny that you mentioned Luke last Jedi, because I'm like, Oh shit, that actually like, that is me. Like I know at the end of the day, <clears throat> I think I've been pretty jaded and I've been like kind of on this island myself in my own head with people, um, with the, with certain people. And, and it's affected the way I look at everything. And, you know, there's this war with the first order going on outside and I'm just not having any part of it because I can't, I can't deal with it. Um, well, and not, and, and not in a, like, I can't deal with it. Like, Oh, I guess I can't beat them so that, so I'm not even going to try kind of thing. It's like a, I cannot stand in front of them and maintain the person that I want to be, right? So, like, yeah. you'll you'll get this because you, you go to the gym. But I had a, a, a friend who I found out something really horrible had happened to um, by, you know, the, the perpetrator was somebody else that I knew who, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be straight up. I, I considered going after. We'll, we'll say that since we're on air. Okay. Um, very, very seriously. Not in the like, oh, you know, I want to take them out kind of way, but in in a very serious way that honestly scared me a little bit because it took me to a dark place that I hadn't been in in decades. Okay. Um, yeah. But because I had that structure of the gym around me, I was able to. All right, I'm going to take it in here, and I'm going to leave. Every, when I walk out of this door, all of that person has to stay there right and i was able to do that and it doesn't come easy it took you know it's taken years of training and trauma and stuff that i hope you know other people don't have to go through but because of that i was able to continue to go to school and uh support my students and the other teachers i was able to continue taking care of my family you know do the uh you know the, the work we do here at clashing sabers without people really even knowing what was going on right and not to say that you you know you should hide when you're struggling with things that's not what i'm saying at all but you sh you should find a way and a hero finds a way somebody who's successful finds a way to take those dark things those challenging things that happen to them and put them in the box right not to not deal with it uh but to say okay this is this is this box of of pain and i may not be the person to solve it I may not be the one who can fix this situation, which as somebody who wants to try to fix everything, whose job is to basically fix everything, like I always want to open that box, but sometimes it's like, you gotta put that box on the shelf and wait for the next person to come pick it up. Wait for Ray to come pick it up, right? Ben Solo, Kylo Ren is that box. Luke is not the one that can save him, right? He can show him what, how, how a Jedi should behave. He should show him how somebody moral could behave, but he's not the one that's going to solve that problem, right? But he's going to live by the example. And because he lives by that example, he's going to open up the possibility of Rey and her compassion being yet another example of um, what good is and what Ben Solo could be, right? One of my favorite quotes, and... I don't re don't remember it word for word exactly, um, so I'm kind of ad-libbing a little bit here. And it comes from Saint Francis, and your, your religion doesn't matter here. I'm not talking religion here. But, no, absolutely. But he says, uh, "Tell everybody about Jesus and use words if you have to." Okay, you can insert 
whatever word you want to put for Jesus. Show everybody about good. Show everybody about morality. Show everybody about success. And use words if you have to, right? And, like, it's it's such a stronger way to hit that, like, action speak louder than words thing. Because we say actions speak louder than words, you know, more so meaning, like, your actions are going to have more extreme consequences than what you say, right? But when you say tell everybody about Jesus and use words if you have to, tell everybody about the force and use words if you have to, what that's saying is the actions that you take are not just speaking to the person in front of you. They are speaking to the world around you, right? And everything you're doing is shaping the world around you. And that's something that Luke realized, you know, in those very intimate settings of the second Death Star and that very intimate setting of crate like sure there was all that stuff going on around them but at the end of the day it was him and kylo it was him and ben solo it was master and apprentice it was uncle and nephew it was in a way father and son standing in front of each other and he was able to say i'm not the one that's here to save you i'm just here to say i'm sorry okay and 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 i know that i failed you and i recognize that and i recognize that even if it was for a moment i sacrificed what I believed in because I thought of success as something other than sticking by what you believe in, no matter the situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's, can you, can we, can we think, can you think of a character in star Wars that feels as hard as Anakin that, like, that feels as hard as Anakin. Like, I'm talking, like, feelings, emotions. Like, I'm not talking um, about anger, hate. I'm talking about, like, pure emotion. Like, he feels so much deeper than a lot of people. And that's why that line gets really dark really quick when you get jaded and under a pinch. There could be arguments that Ben Solo does. Uh, but but he's he's using it for the wrong things. I mean, at the, I, I, I'm meaning like a, I'm meaning like a, a Jedi character that feels as deeply as these people. No, I don't think so. Um, I, I think he'd be hard. And I think that's to. tough. Yeah. And I, and exactly. And I, I think that that's one of those things where, when your exterior is to be alpha, and that is what Anakin is because of the prophecy. He's been told his whole life that he has to be alpha, alpha, alpha. You know, and so that's what he does. But he feels deeply. He feels very deep, hard, harder than most people. But he has to be an alpha. I think it's very easy for him to to crack and go there. And with with my own life, you know, it it's funny because I've been mentioning to my family, you know, I remember that I used to be this very optimistic person, this very happy person. You know, you go back to the boy that Anakin was, super op- optimist, super optimistic, super happy, super everything. And then, like, something happened along the way. You know, what what happened? And I think that, you know, to, to go back on everything that we've been talking to or and talking about, I think the difference between Luke and... And, and I love your analogy that some people have to pick up the baton for the other people. Like, Luke couldn't fix Ben. Ray did. Ray had to help Ben. Luke couldn't do that. And that speaks to me in my own personal life because, you know, I'm at a crossroads with a lot of different people that I've tried to help multiple different times. 
and I'm not the one getting through. And so it's going to have to be other people. So I, I, I like legitimately like I feel that. Um, but I, I think and as far as my outlook, you have to have that Luke Skywalker outlook in the sense that sometimes you are right on that ledge. And I think this is what to go back to succeeding. This is what makes Luke Skywalker succeed, not just in The Last Jedi, but in all the other movies before him because he is right on that edge where he's about to either A, give up, B, fall to the dark side, and he is almost there every single time. I can't do this. I can't kill my own father. Well, nobody said you had to kill your own father, but like, all right. You know, I can't stop. I can't stay here. I have to go find my friends. I'm going to fight this Sith Lord. I can't. I can't fight my own father. And he is right on this edge where he could tip in any direction, whether it's the dark side or giving up. And he doesn't. It's the last minute. It's the buzzard. But he doesn't. He collects and he goes through it. He pushes through it. He struggles just like everybody else does. He doesn't breeze through it with some class or confidence like Qui-Gon. You know, I'm sure in Qui-Gon's head, he had a lot of mixing. Surely Master and Apprentice points that out, points that out. But Luke is very upfront with his emotions and you can see it in the acting and, you know, obviously dialogue, but he pushes through it. And I think that is something that I, you know, after the conversation I had with my family, I realized, like, this is what I am. I push through these things. That's why I go to the gym when I don't feel like it or when I'm tired. I still go harder than I can because while I am ready to give up and be done, I keep pushing forward. And this is an aspect in my life that I have to push forward with. And that's, you know, I'm not saying I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm just saying that's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. He inspires people. He makes the right choice at the last second. And that's okay because he still makes the right choice. His father was on that ledge and couldn't do it. And I get that. All I'm saying is I get that now. Now that I'm older and I've been jaded by people, I get that. Well, I understand why. It's just now that I'm seeing, you know, I have this code that I'm fortunate enough to have this morality. I also feel like, God damn, Luke, like, fuck yeah, dude, keep going, like, push through this shit, because it's hard to do the right thing. It really is, and, you know, something that has always stuck out to me is Michael Jordan missed way more game-winning shots than he made, but he never missed game-winning shots in the finals. I mean, he may have, but, you, you know, the point stands, you know, like, he lost a ton of games. He lost a ton of playoff games. He lost playoff series, but he never went to Game 7 in the finals. You know? And and so people forget that, you know, more negative side of missing the game-winning shots, of losing games and things like that, right? But when you're that good, right? Whether it's, you know, you're that good at your, your job or you're that good as a person, which is kind of more what we're talking about here, you pull everybody else to see that heroic side of you and to aspire to that side, right? Um, yeah. One stat that I saw one time, and I, I'm not 100% sure if this still holds true, but I would surmise that it probably does. Um, and, and, and I'll have you venture a guess here. What college has the highest um, average graduate income? 
graduate income. Uh, shit. You're thinking like Harvard or Yale or something, right? Uh, no, actually, I'm not. I, I, because I, I know that that's, you know, that's gotta be that's the obvious, super hard, right? Yeah, yeah. Who is it? It's North Carolina. Wow. Okay. Because, and singularly because of Michael Jordan. He makes so much money that he skews the data all the way out. You take him out, North Carolina is an average school in, ter- in terms of income uh, of graduates, right? You put Michael Jordan in and the, the billions of dollars that he has made, millions, billions, whatever he's at now, trillions, who knows, pulls it all the way up there, right? And why does he pull it all the way up there? It's not because he's some great business person or anything like that. It's not even because of Michael Jordan, the basketball player. It's because of the idea of Michael Jordan. It's the idea of the game-winning shot. It's the idea of the six championships. It's the idea of the competitiveness and the drive and, and things that every athlete aspires to have, right? He was next level when it came to those things, okay? Um, and that's that's Luke. He fails a lot, but he always, like you said, he always makes that game winner. He's always there in the final moments, and that's what the galaxy remembers him for. The legend of Luke Skywalker is way more important to the galaxy than the actual Luke Skywalker. And yeah, and, and um, I think that's I think that's something that that makes you successful. You know, is when you not as a, a, a person or a being, but in the way that you conducted yourself, in the way that you handled things, in the way that you lived your life, you did such good that, not that it's necessary to ignore the bad things. Michael Jordan's got a lot of flaws. I'm not saying he's God, but you, um, you go and you keep going, and, and then that idea of you those successes, that second Death Star, that fadeaway shot versus the Jazz, that moment on crate, it just, it keeps you going, or excuse me, it keeps the galaxy going, keeps the people around you going because it gives you an ideal to move towards. And I think that some of the, I think some of our weaknesses can also be kind of what strengthens us you know you look at you look at michael jordan okay uh definitely not a perfect person definitely has a lot of mistakes when you actually look at his actual story and i think this is also comparative to luke in the sense like when you look at the stats i mean not the actual stats when you look at the stats the stats look great but when you look at everything in between you know you understand that what fuels the fire is also what you know, burns out the flame sometimes. Um, and when you look at Michael Jordan, yes, he was the best still is in my opinion, the best, even though I don't really follow basketball anymore. It's not just much like Luke. It's not just the actual stats. It is the legend of Michael Jordan and the stuff that it created. But you also, you know, you watch his documentary. Is it, what is it called? Uh, the The last dance. Yeah. Yeah you realize this motherfucker couldn't put it down. Yeah. Like he couldn't put down any competition. He had to win at everything to an nauseum and it pissed people off. 
And he was the best at everything. And he had to be the best at everything to the point where he was so insufferable. But he was the best. He was the best. And, but and that is also Anakin what led him, you know? Yeah. And, and I, but I, you know, that's, that's what I think about when it comes to, to Luke. Luke is very interesting in, in the sense that he succeeds. He fails because of his passion and his love for his friends. He's very passionate about his love for his friends, for the people around him, for the galaxy, uh, for the greater good. Um, but that also sometimes he feels harder just like his dad and it leads him away from his path but he eventually realizes and comes around and moves forward uh, another interesting thing which if you guys uh, who are listening you know if you're not a part of the Clashing Sabers Facebook group you need to go ahead and uh, add yourself into that group You'll just fill out, you know, it's the Clashing Sabers group. We'll see your request. Jump on in and have a good conversation because uh, we have a really good um, group in the sense of everybody usually drops some pretty fun things sometimes. And I know everybody who's a part of the Clashing Clashing Sabers network. We drop stuff all the time, whether it's topics, books, fun things, stuff like that. Quick little plug that makes sense, you know one of the things that drew was talking about and that you might have talked about with drew was obi-wan because obi-wan is a character that he he has reached a height that you never you can relate with the obi-wan because he seems like the average guy just trying to do the right thing and he gets to the height of the jedi order even though he doesn't, you know, he's just doing the right thing. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. I have a question, like, why... I, I get your argument with why he can be one of the worst Jedis, but I don't at the same time. My opinion on Obi-Wan, it ebbs and flows a lot. Um, I think I, I used to be a lot harder on him because of, uh, you know, his declaring to Luke that he he had to kill Vader and that if he didn't kill Vader the Emperor had already won right um, but I also now look at it through the very limited perspective that he had right so it, it's like now I, so so I had a conversation with a parent a couple of weeks ago and she was asking me about her son you know and whether he get she whether I thought he could succeed in this program or not. And I said, you know, his, his biggest flaw is his ego. He doesn't, he doesn't know when to sit down and shut up. And not in a bad way. He's not trying to be a jerk. He just doesn't know how to right. recognize when somebody is in a room that can teach him something of importance. And so he misses a lot of things because of that. And I looked at her and I said, you're, you're not going to like hearing this, but I think you should have him do this program because he needs to fail. She's like, well, I don't want to. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he needs to fail grades, but he needs to fall hard. He needs to fall hard. And when he falls hard and he figures out how to get back up, that's what's going to make him successful, right? And I don't know if Obi-Wan ever fully got back up. He fell really hard, but he didn't fully get back up, if that makes sense, right? So that's the flaw for Obi-Wan is he hit that rock bottom when it was never able to to 
really get back to the heights that he he should have been able to that we the potential that we see in him now that said you have to ask the question of okay is getting to that top worth sacrificing what you believe in is it worth giving into the dark which obi-wan never did and i would argue that no it's it's not worth that i would rather die at rock bottom having stuck with what i believed than to get to the top and leave you know a trail of tears behind me that was a bad use of of that term apologies but you get what i'm saying right and so like i think you know Obi-Wan, somebody pointed this out to me when I asked one time online, because I was really trying to figure out, you know, what, what is with everybody loving Obi-Wan so much and worshipping Obi-Wan so much when you've got characters like Ahsoka and you've got characters like Luke and Qui-Gon and all of this stuff, and everybody's always arguing Obi-Wan is the best Jedi. And, um, so, and, and this person, I, I wish I could remember his name to give him credit, but he said, think about everything that Obi-Wan has been through. The love of his life was killed in front of his face. He fought in a war that was being manipulated uh, to where he never had a chance to to win. He lost his brother and son, more or less. He had to live in isolation in twenty year for twenty years and protect Luke, but was never able to actually be around Luke. And then when he finally got what he thought he needed, which was to be able to train Luke. He gave up his life because he realized that there was something more for this kid out there and that by sticking around, he was going to limit the capabilities of Luke Skywalker. And instead of having the ego to say, yes, but I need to train him in this way and I need to do it, he trusted in something more than himself. And that's heroic. By going but did he succeed? I would argue... I would argue that he did succeed um, because he didn't sacrifice his morality, and he did what he he did what he believed in, and he did what he believed was going to make the world a better place. But he was also very limited, right? So I keep going back to education, but it's just it's a really easy analogy because we have clear cut lines of like what is successful educationally and what is not, right? And I always tell my kids, you know, modern education is all go to college, go to college, go to college. No, don't go to college unless you know what you need to do. The only reason I'm glad I went to college is because my job that I ended up getting needed me to have a college degree to get into it, right? But my dad, uh, he started washing dishes at at 14 years old, 15 years old, and worked his way up, and, and he's always going to make more money than me right um i hit the barriers of success of going to college and uh getting a degree and things like that but there are so many people out there that do it differently you know and so when we limit you know these people if if you looked at my dad and go he had so many opportunities to go back to school he had so many opportunities he could be doing something more he could be you know running entire franchises instead of just running restaurants he could be doing all of this stuff right when you limit him to and and for for context my dad runs like nine applebee's stores or something he's extremely successful at, at what he does he definitely could have done more 
he, he had multiple opportunities where uh, his boss offered to to let him go back to school to keep his job there for him to help him pay for it all of this stuff right um, but my dad he cared more about his job he cared he loved what he did he, he loves what he does he loves the people that he works with and he loves the security of you know what it's going to bring to his family right and so yes by by the, the modern standards of did you go to school did you graduate did you you know have a marriage and never get divorced and all of this other things that we you know societally define as success my dad would would be a failure by a lot of those standards but my dad is one of the greatest human beings that i know he has never sacrificed what he believed in no matter how hard things became okay and and to put that into perspective okay um Man, we're just gonna air dirty laundry on here. Hopefully, my parents. Are don't we just to gonna this. do father love? No. Because man, I got the same thing going well, on. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, and and, and I, I love my mom to death. Okay, I absolutely do. Oh, but, do we both have mom issues? Oh yeah, come on now. Oh, uh, mom club. I, Hell yeah. I, I love my mom to to death, but she has not always been the greatest with finances. Okay, um, and this is the pot calling the kettle black because I'm definitely not the best with finances, but. There were a lot of instances looking back, just objectively looking back at my childhood that my dad could have let my mom sink and take us down with him. And by doing so, probably could have argued to courts and gotten uh, you know, us full time or at least at you know, primary care or uh, whatever it's called, primary care, right? But my dad so believed in not wanting his children to have to suffer through things that he had to suffer through as a child. He so wanted to protect us and defined his entire life off of making sure that we had food on our table, that he paid above the child support that he should have paid, that he drove 14 hours when we refused to get on a plane because of 9-11, uh, you know, 28 hours both ways with no sleep. Like he did whatever he had to do. He went through whatever uncomfortable situations, and there were a lot of uncomfortable situations he had to go through because at the end of the day, his dad walked out on him, and he did not want his kids to know their dad as the guy that walked out on them. He wanted us to know that he, he was loved. And a hundred, hundred thousand percent. Even through all, we've been through some some garbage, and, and I have hated him at times. But now, with the the perspective of age and experience, and having gone through my own trials, I can now look back at it and go, "Damn, if I'm half the man he is, that's that's a success for me." And not because of the the um, money in his bank account, not because of the house, not because of the great family life, none of that. Yeah. He gave every single thing that he had to the one singular thing that he believed in. The, the one singular thing that he wanted to have happen. It wasn't money. It wasn't us going to college. It wasn't any of that. It was at, and, and he's never said this to me, mind you, okay? Like, this is something that I've, I've figured out just by watching him, that his love for his family is so strong and his need for him, for us to know that he's there for us is so strong that he gave every inch of his existence. He got uncomfortable. He put himself in tough situations. And that's that, to me, is what's heroic, right? And that, to me, again, go, go back to our, the beginning of our conversation, 
is you look at Ahsoka and she put herself in uncomfortable situations. She sacrificed everything for what she believed in. We see it on Malachor, and even in a, in a more intimate setting, we see it with uh, with Grogu, you know? Like, the ego would go, I trained under Anakin Skywalker. Like, I may not have been a knight, but I trained under the Chosen One. I trained with Obi-Wan, you know? Like, I know how to do this, and I, and I can do this. But what does she do? She says, no, I'm not the one to do this, right? Uh, she makes that really difficult choice, even though it makes it uncomfortable, and even though she's putting it at, you know, putting everything she wants to achieve at risk. But her her mission in life is to make sure that the galaxy is better off than she left it, right? So I'm going to swing this back around to my dad. The reason my dad wanted us to to feel so loved is, like I said, because his dad walked out on him, and he wanted whether he actually thought this through or not, or it's just, you know, the way that he was raised. He wanted my generation and then my kids' generation and, and the Boylan name to continue to improve as it went along. Because for him, his dad walked out on him and that was a, a, a degrading in a way of, of the Boylan name. Now, fortunately, they were able to reconcile and there was a lot of other things. I'm not saying that my grandfather was a terrible person rest his soul okay but i'm just putting this into perspective his dad walked out on him right my dad slept on on the couch he drove 28 straight hours he did whatever he had to do to set the bar for me for what a father should be so now are even, we twins i know right so now even he, here's 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 how it goes to the next level and here's why things like the legend of luke skywalker are so important okay now for me it's not even about being a, a good father, right? Now I look at my students, and I'm trying to do that same thing for my students. So now instead of doing it for three people, you know, I'm doing it for 115 a year. You know what I mean? And, and I don't succeed with all of them. There are some kids that walk out that hate me because I push them so hard. But I know with the perspective of years, they're gonna look back and go, he was a dick, but man, I wouldn't be here without him. And right. that's what I define success as, is whether somebody loves you or hates you. When they look back and they go, man, he was really trying to do the right thing and make the world a better place. And that's what Luke does. That's what Ahsoka does. And to bring it back to Obi-Wan, okay, I'm bringing it all the way back around here. That's what Obi-Wan does. He makes things, he makes the world around him, the galaxy around him, a better place, even though he has to put himself in uncomfortable situations, even though he has to defy the council to go try to save Satine. He doesn't save her, but he doesn't sacrifice his morality to do so. And he makes, he inspires the people of Mandalore, right? And he helps them to be successful. He's wrong about having to kill Vader, but because of the love that he showed Luke, and the sacrifice that he showed Luke on, uh, on the original Death Star, Luke had seen something, and that made him a better person. So if you look at it by just these measurable standards of, well, you know, like Anakin fell to the dark side, and he kind of told him to kill Vader, and he kind of lied to him. Like, yeah, he's flawed. But he left things better than he found them. But to go, and I again... Uh before we wrap up this episode, I, I pulled up the dialogue for um, 
Return of the Jedi. Luke says I can't kill my own father. Nobody, he did not, he said you can't escape your destiny. You must face Darth Vader again. Luke is the one who said I can't kill my father. And then Obi-Wan sighs as if, to me, what makes sense to me is he's baiting him to see what he's going to say next. I the like Emperor's that. Already won. I like you were our only hope. He sighs, and it's so fake. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, Alec Guinness is a great actor. There's a reason that we love him as Obi-Wan. But in that moment, if you look back to that dialogue, he sounds like he's talking to a child, like he's testing a child. Then the Emperor has already won. You were our only hope. And that's how he says it. Yeah. And so to me, to me, you know, this is completely under unrelated to this, what we were talking about. Like when you talk about Obi-Wan, I think Obi-Wan's entire role, I think he was blinded a little bit by the, he was a little bit too all in on the Jedi and was unaware based on his code of what Anakin needed. And I think he realized that. And I think he went through a lot of things, and we still have a lot to learn about Obi-Wan. We don't even fucking scratch the surface because there's an Obi-Wan show coming. Like, we are about to get mono e mono time with Obi-Wan, which is, like, insane to even think about. Like, I my brain has not even actually, like, digested the fact that we are getting a damn Obi-Wan show, and it's, like, almost done shooting right now. That is insane. But anyway, I digress. It took Obi-Wan a long time to realize that there's a time and a place to be a Jedi and there's a time and a place to be a human and I think Qui-Gon counterbalanced the morality of a code that is worthwhile and a morality that is human or you know sentient since we deal with aliens and I think it took a long time to for Obi-Wan to realize that but Obi-Wan's greatest thing was him pushing Luke without him really knowing it and Obi-Wan succeeds because he made the student that ended all of this. And when problems arised again, and that same student didn't know if he could do it, he did it again in The Last Jedi. Obi-Wan definitely twisted him. And, you know, Luke Luke kind of calls him out, you know, um, from a certain point of view. Luke, you will find that many truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. He is testing and twisting and and trying to make... Um, he's trying to provoke thought in Luke. That is the relationship between Luke and Obi-Wan. Oh, for sure. It was something that... But here's the thing. It was something that he did not do with Anakin. Do you ever remember him provoking... This is actually something I just realized. Do you ever remember Obi-Wan provoking thought to Anakin no he just tells him what he needs to do and he learns and succeeds this time because instead of telling him what to do why you should do it and spelling it out and creating that angst and creating this hard line he allows Luke to think freely while still creating a question that allows him to think freely but also is still 
morally spun. Well, here's here's the thing, and, and and that's crazy. It is, but if you if you take me as as somebody who is an experienced veteran teacher, and you go put me, you can put me in any teacher's classroom, okay? Um, not to teach it, but to observe it. You put me, let me watch any teacher, and I can tell you whether they're going to be a successful good teacher in the long run or not by one single factor, okay? And that's this: when a kid asks a question. How how much of the answer do they give them? That's the biggest thing. I have a, I have kids, and, and and I know that this is a problem because I have to retrain kids to do you know how to, how to actually do this every year. And I'm not I'm not calling out any teachers. It's an institutional problem in our country. We're calling you out, Rick. We know who you are. <laughs> but like you know, if you if you look at you know the educational system as the Jedi Order, like that's the the real uh, villain there, right? But when I go, kids will ask me, oh, how, how do I do this? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I don't know. That's uh, what, what do I do. I don't know. What, do you, what were you thinking you were going to do? Well, I was going to do this. Okay, try it. Let's see what happens. Sometimes they're successful, and I, and I can just look at them and go, see, you didn't need me. And that gives them the confidence to, to you know do it again next time. Or they'll do it. They'll make a mistake. I'll help them figure out the mistake. And they'll do some. I'll um, have them do something else. But I, be, and, and again, I'm not like trying to, you know, toot my own horn here or anything because this is definitely stuff that I just, you know, learned from other people. This is not some miraculous thing that I came up with myself, right? But I now, and I and I didn't start this way, but I now have enough confidence in myself as a teacher that 98% of the situations that I face in my classroom when it comes to you know academics. I can I can figure out the answer to, but I'm not afraid of that two percent to go. I honestly don't know, right? But the the insecurity of a lot of teachers, uh, you know, forces them into a situation where they will guide the kids down this one path, right? We've all had it, you know, the math teacher. No, you have to do it my way. Well, what does it matter? I got to the right answer, right? And that's Luke and Obi Wan. Obi Wan grows so much as a teacher from his failures with Anakin. And I grew so much as a teacher from sucking the first three years, four years of teaching. Like, I was terrible. But now I'm able to go from a situation where I I left a school that was absolutely amazing and fantastic and was doing amazing good in the world, right? And Fortunately, they didn't fall like the Jedi Order, but, you know, you have the Jedi Order there, right? And I'm able, like Ahsoka, like Obi-Wan, like Yoda, like Luke, to go outside of the rigid rigid structure. Yeah, I'm still, you know, a teacher. Yeah, I'm still a Jedi, right? But I'm not in, in, in this one institution that has defined success for me. And I'm able to take it to other places and, and leave the world as a better place, right? And to me, again, like going back to the idea of success, that's the ultimate thing is leaving things better than you found it without sacrificing your morality. That's key, right? And Tony Robbins says success leaves clues. I think he was the one that said that. And when you look at Obi-Wan, his success leaves clues and his failures leave clues. But if you you have, you know, Qui-Gon who starts off by, you know, he gives his life because of his belief in Anakin, right? And Obi-Wan gives his life in his belief of of luke then luke 
by throwing away his lightsaber, is willing to give his life for his faith in Anakin and in good, right? And then later on Crate, the same thing. And he inspires Rey, and Rey is willing to give her life, and Ben is willing to give his life. Like, every generation, that message that started in The Phantom Menace by Qui-Gon standing up for what he believed in, and more importantly, that message, if we want to look at Obi-Wan, of him giving himself to the Force rather than staying in a corporeal form to, to do the traditional master-apprentice thing, that success left clues that made Luke's generation better, that eventually would make Rey's generation better. And whatever we get after that is going to be another generation better. That's very much a Starbucks drive-through of passing along the paying the bill. Yes, very much so. Um, and and it's something that you know all of this kind of goes around with my conversation with my family. Um, you know my my dad is very um, you know he's a he's as, you know he's as comeback story as it gets. You know alcoholic drugs everything turns his life around successful business um happy family it's not all perfect as is you know anything in life when you look at the details but you know i approach him and i said you know why at 28 do i feel so jaded and you're you know you've had a lot of people do a lot of bad things to you how are you so positive and i'm not saying i can do this Immediately, It's going to take a lot of work because I have a lot of things that my there. I have a lot of things that I have to work through, but it's very much in that same sense that you're talking about is with Obi-Wan passing it to Luke, Luke passing it to Ray, Ray passing it to Ben. It definitely is a, you have to give grace and mercy you have to extend grace and mercy to get it back to you. And sometimes it feels like it's never going to come back to you, but it's been very hard for me to just like the benefit of the doubt, just be better, rise up. It sucks. It's hard. And it's something that he has been in, you know, instilling in me is like, yeah, I could easily let this completely consume me. I could let it change the way I feel about people and it's getting to you now or you can breathe in, breathe out, let it go and keep moving forward. There's uh, one major difference when you look at people who are successful versus people who aren't successful and it comes to scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. Sometimes in some circles it's called growth mindset, but I like the term abundance mindset, right? Scarcity mindset holds on to things, who does things a certain way because they don't believe that that next good thing is out there, right? They are, you know, they people they hoard their money, they hoard their items, they uh, you know, hoard their time, right? Um, in this modern world we live in, you know, they they hoard their content. They make you, you know, pay right off the bat for their content versus abundance mindset says there's there's always going to be that next opportunity out there there's always going to be something more out there for me so i'm going to do what's right and the, and the rest will come to me right um and, and again you know i, I want to go back to the basketball analogy to saying that you know i'm a 
a big Spurs fan, and of course Tim Duncan just was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And the reason Tim Duncan was my hero growing up, and in my opinion was the greatest basketball player of all time, is because he had an abundance mindset. He was not going to sacrifice the way he played the game. He was not going to sacrifice the person he was because he needed to get this shoe deal or he needed to sell these jerseys. The Tim Duncan shoes sold horribly. One of the worst selling shoes of all time, right? Didn't matter. That's not what he was doing it for. He had an abundance mindset. He wasn't going to play the game a different way so that he could win three championships in a row or so that he could get a good shoe deal. Or so that he could, you know, get a better contract. He sacrificed things, actually, to... He took worse contracts to be able to bring other people in, to be able to make sure that other people that they needed on the team stayed. Okay? He had an abundance mindset that that was always going to come to him. Whereas, and I'm probably going to get attacked for this, right? LeBron, to me, has a scarcity mindset. He's always trying to hoard players. He's always trying to, and he has good co- good qualities, but he's always trying to make these super teams because I don't think he really believes that that opportunity is going to be there. That's the difference between scarcity and abundance mindset. Abundance mindset always knows that that next opportunity is going to be out there, that that next thing is going to come to them. And to me, Luke has that abundance mindset. And we see it when he talks with Leia uh, right before he goes off to face Vader, right? He knows if he fails, she's there behind him. And then Leia yeah. knows when she leaves, Poe and Ray and Finn are there behind her. Yeah. There's always that next. And so for me as a teacher, you know, when I look at it, like, there, I know there are kids that I'm not going to be the one to get to, right? But I know that that other teacher's out there, right? And I don't put the pressure on myself of I'm the only one who can save this kid. I'm the only one who can get this kid to learn to read. I will straight up look at kids and be like, look, you're going to fail the test. That's not the point. We're going to try to get – you would be amazed how much stress that takes off of them, and it's the abundance. I'll tell them, I'm not not worried about you now. Scarcity is worried about now. Abundance is worried about long-term. So I'll tell them, look, in eighth grade, you're, you're not going to pass. Here's what we're trying to achieve. If we can get here and we can make you grow more than expected, and then, you're, then you'll learn how to do it. And so by the time you graduate high school, you will be caught up. And by the time you go to college, you'll be ahead of people because we're instilling these good habits in you now. That's abundance mindset is realizing that it's not necessarily now, it's not necessarily immediate, it's not necessarily only this opportunity that you're going to have, but to be able to look at that bigger picture. And Luke knew whether he really realized it or not, you know, you know, cognitively, just based on the person that he was, and this is something that he got from Padme, he knew that if he struck Vader down, sure, right then would be better. But would the Jedi be better? Would the galaxy be better? Would the force be better? Abundance. He knew that he whatever he put out there was going to come back, not just to him, that's that's selfish, but whatever he put back put out there was going to come back to 
all of those around him. And that success to me. Well, guys, I, I definitely think that is a great place to wrap up. You know, it's it's one of the I, I'm telling you, man, uh, we are working on something between me and you. Oh, yeah. And we're not quite ready to announce yet, but we are working on something between me and you to give you guys more conversations like this, because, you know, I think uh, Clashing Sabres offers a lot of different um, subject material for Star Wars. But these deep dives into not just mythology, character, but using real life and real world examples to why this makes sense is 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 truly. I think it's 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 almost like therapy for for me, and it's it's uh, it's truly great to talk to you about stuff like this. But guys, where can you find Sith Talk? You can find Sith Talk under the Clashing Sabers podcast network hell yeah you can find sith talks instagram page uh under sith talk you can go ahead and follow the clashing sabers instagram page uh if you want to you know kind of talk with us more do some more feedback stuff or if you just want to post some like random ass questions or theories you have join the facebook group like i said uh, we have a very good group of guys or and girls and everyone else and all the above that um just really post a lot of good fun topics to talk about um it's truly great to spend time there and i know a lot of times i talk about um i like to post random things just to see what people talk uh people think of uh mostly memes too uh you guys can follow me at sith talker 25 talking all things star wars comic books working out and now barbecue because i'm huge into hashtag smoke meat not meth Brandon, Clashing Sabers plugs. Where can they find you? What the hell? Go. You you guys know the drill. Clashing Sabers, Twitter, Instagram, all of that good stuff. Um, it's all going to be in the show notes. But I I, I think today, since uh, you know I've been, been we've been talking a lot about success and things like that, um, I want to share just some of the resources that I have used to kind of create that mindset that I was talking about. So go uh, go to uh, YouTube and look up Eric Thomas and subscribe to his channel. Go subscribe to the School of Greatness podcast. Uh, go look at Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. He's on on uh, Snap, on TikTok, on YouTube, everywhere. Um, so if you, if you want to a little bit more about how to be successful, again, success leaves clues. And I'm not saying, you know, you should look up to me in any way because nobody wants that. But um, go look at, at those guys and, and um, they'll, they'll lead you to other things, you know, they've led me to kind of form that mindset that will help you to uh, not just better your life, but to better understand Star Wars and, and change the lens through which you, you look at this galaxy far, far away. And then once you've done that, of course, you know, hit me up and, and, and let's have some conversation about it and uh, let's let's share our different points of view about what it means to be successful and to to be a hero. Brandon, may the force be with you. Always. Hey. Looks like you're done talking, Sith. Who? Oh, Scion, the bartender. Yeah, he's gone down a couple levels. You're gonna venture down there? Well, there's a few things you should know before you go. 
Sith Talk, all the Clashing Sabers Network, they ain't associated with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. All these licensed sounds and whatnot all belong to whoever the hell they belong to. We just use them here for entertainment and educational purposes. Look, if you're unsure about something or have questions about what's what, email us at clashingsabersnetwork at gmail.com. And hey, on your way out, make sure you leave us a rating and review. Word of mouth is how people find out about this place. Now, get out of the way, I got paying customers to get you. Jedi business, go back to your drinks.